two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. Hey, FKTC crew, we're back for another installment of the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. The last UFC Fight Night card did not have a whole lot to offer, but every fan's patience will be rewarded on Saturday because we have reached UFC 280 Fight Week. I should say 280 Fight Week, not 280, because what kind of sense does that make? Nah, say 280. That's what's grammatically. Mm -hmm. People give me shit for saying the exact same thing. I say the number exactly. Like, why do you say it that way? Because that's how numbers are used. That's why. That's true. This weekend, I'm going to spend $75 to watch the <laughs> UFC 280. Thank you. You're Actually, a real I'm, fan. I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm going to live stream that bitch, and I'm not going to pay for a single cent. Dana can suck it. I'm not, not confirming or denying, but um, but as everyone can hear, since this is a <laughs> don't 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 come after us, Dana. Um, but because this is a pay-per-view week, as tradition holds, we have a special guest. Our guest this week, if you haven't heard already, holds no punches when it comes to giving his takes on all things mixed martial arts. He even has his own YouTube channel where he breaks down some of the biggest fights and news in the world of mixed martial arts. I know him for his unfiltered but amazing takes from a former podcast, Shots Fired. FKTC crew, I introduce you the man, the myth, the legend that is Kairos. I'm sorry I was late. I was on a different type of time today for some reason. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Like we're all on our on our own time. I think that's all that matters is that we're on our own time, unless we have to be somewhere that has a specific time. But we're pretty flexible. Yeah. We What's don't ironic care. is I'm like the I'm the tech savvy person. Like I understand cameras, I understand production, I understand all of that. But today, the second I switched to using that Mac, because 
my, I usually use my actual PC, but I can't right now. So I'm using this Mac. I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do any of this. <laughs> I was just like, I couldn't even get the webcam for my actual cat. I was just like, all right, you know what? This is the humility I needed. I was very arrogant two minutes ago, two hours ago, two years ago, <laughs> two decades ago. I needed to be humbled. And that was, that was it right there. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. We're grateful you're you've come on the podcast I actually <laughs> made <it>. we're <laughs> grateful too oh wow <laughs> ah but yes this is going to be quite the fight card but before we do cover that we do have we actually have a pretty long rundown because for some reason over the last 48 72 hours everything started coming in yep. in the wacky world of mixed martial arts so we'll get into a little bit of what has gone on, but first, I think we should cover this latest UFC Vegas 62 recap. Um, how would we grade the card, um, Laurel? Uh, C plus. Yeah, C plus here too. I can't even. I agree. I was trying to like move the goalposts a little bit because people's standards were already like in the trash. They weren't expecting much. There are people who didn't tune in. There's a whole bunch of just other stuff. So I was trying to like give them some bail, but I feel like C's nice. <laughs> C's, C's, C's about right. Yeah. I think it's just slow. And the, I don't think the main cards were that exciting. Although Martinez did kick Swanson's buttocks. Oh. Um, and then, you know, Ty and I had picked right to win the Tor Torovic, Todorovic, yeah, Todorovic yeah. fight, and Todorovic just kicked his butt. So I feel like the the goodness of the card was reversed mm -hmm. for, for the fight <laughs> card. Yeah. I think that was the first time he had his cornerman in his uh, for a fight. I was like, that's insane. Like if I had a cornerman and that was the first time they ever came in, I'm pretty sure that's just like fifth, sixth or seventh appearance. I'd be like, all right, you can't be my coach anymore. If you, I, I understand these issues, but I got to figure something else out. Cause that's crazy. Right. That's insane. I'd be like, nah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I did not watch a whole lot of this card for, personal reasons um aka celebrating my 33rd year around the sun so hey. I <laughs> so i did end up catching the main the main and co-main event of the fight at least so but i did see some replays of it so i'll try to provide as much as i can for these first three fights hmm. um, <laughs> which the first one apparently ended as quickly as it started with alonzo menafield beating misha Serkinov impressive that yeah i think a lot of people thought i'm sorry mm -hmm, go no you go ahead i'm sorry i cut you off i'm done open <laughs> forum go i saw a lot of people picking misha they were just like alonzo this alonzo that and i'm not really that invested in alonzo minifield nor am i i was invested in misha circuit off like six years ago <laughs> maybe right. like seven years ago but like i had no like skin in this game and when he when he finished misha i was like oh i definitely didn't expect that though I was like, if he gets it done, I, well, I didn't even think he was going to get it done. I, I, I didn't give him a chance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fairly, um, there's not a lot to talk about with the fight, actually, uh, mm. because of the quickness of it all. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about a fight that lasts only 88 seconds, so. <laughs> right, right. He's a flexible big man, I'll tell you that. Mm -hmm. Really flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just was. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> His mind went there. His mind went there. My oh, mind cool. is crazy. I have a filthy mind, but also I love it. I'm glad I have the mind that I have. This is why I do what I do. I'm just here. <laughs> just wait until we get a little deeper in the show. It might be a little <laughs> bit more interesting. I'm ready. Um, so our next one, we didn't pick for this one because Rafael Sunso and Victor Henry actually got bumped up because now someone's going to refresh my memory. What fight was canceled like during that? Because I Ask can't remember. Rob. Ask That's Rob. right. Ask Rob and Roy Bow was canceled. That's mm-hmm. right. Yep. That, which was a huge disappointment. <laughs> so apparently from what I heard was that Askarov couldn't make the, wasn't going to make the weight. They tried to do catch weight and he said no. And apparently they tried rebooking it later on and he said no. So I was like, okay, like what is, is Askarov scared of Brad and Royvel? I know we use, I don't use scared a whole lot, but that just seems for someone who's number three and just one fight away from a potential title shot. Yeah. Are you afraid that you're going to, lose your ranking and your stance in the ever big sea of flyweight title challengers or what i'm not sure but i wouldn't be surprised if he got cut we're in the era now where they're just they aren't protecting anyone he hardly fights he get he misses weight mm-hmm. he gets injured like how old is he like 30 mm, i might be tripping with the he looks like he's older but he might not be old so i don't know not to say the 34 is old, but I'm just like for <laughs> fighting, for eight fighting age. But like fighting. Yeah. He's, I he he's the cut. Aspen lad. He's the Aspen lad of his division. He's bad with it. Before him, John Lineker was even worse with that. But uh dang, they did cut Aspen. Yeah, Aspen <laughs> could get cut. Who knows? Yeah, you know, well, we had a field day when Aspen Lad got cut. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, to be honest, it should have happened a long time ago. Yes. It should have. It was like it was like seven of her last eight or something crazy like that that just never came. How mm-hmm. on earth do they allow that to keep happening? Like that's that lets you know they play favorites. They play favorites, or the managers like are exchanging favors with other fighters to give other people favors because there's no way she should have had that much favoritism based off of what she accomplished in the UFC up to that point. Yeah, and she hadn't really accomplished a whole lot to begin with. Like, she was barely in the UFC. I'm like, the only fight I can only remember of her where she was in, actually in the octagon, was her, what was it, 13-second knockout from Jermaine Durandame. That's the only thing I can remember of her fighting. Oh, uh, she's had some good performances. She's a, she, she's a bully, though. Like, if she can mm-hmm. impose her will early, that's what she's going to do. She's not going to use technique like mm-hmm. that. But she mm-hmm. she has some pretty good wins. She had, like, a come-from-behind knockout win. She had a domination when she finished somewhere ground and pound. Like, she's mm-hmm. she had she had potential and promise, mm-hmm. and she still does. But it's just – you got to figure that shit out. I think she's fighting up a weight class, though. So, I think uh, hopefully she doesn't miss that. Because <laughs> if she misses that, she got to go. Just send her, yeah. send her somewhere else. Send her to Ryzen. Send her to Ryzen. She's, she's going to go in lower so that she uh... – makes what we'll see apparently she had signed with pfl now and she's fighting in their 145 division and like they're already talking about aspen lad fighting kayla harrison like are you serious with that right now we'll see i still i would like to see that just for the style just mm-hmm. for the style just to see if if her bullying is strong enough to and it would be a good test for uh, us to see like where kayla stands with people outside the organization right right right, right. Good point. Yeah, very good point, point there. 
Um, so I guess we can touch a little bit on the Asunso Henry fight. Um, from my, my understanding is he had used his grappling and his control. Um, I think it was like 30-27 across the board. Um, I didn't get yeah. this whole chance to see his fight. So if anyone has any input on the fight, you may speak now. <laughs> or okay. say your piece. Say your piece. I just thought that he uh, he did what he needed to do to win. And in the post-fight uh, interview, he said it too. He was just like, I know people want to see a lot more, but I thought it'd be better for me to sit back and counter for this fight. And it's like, at the end of the day, <laughs> it could go one or two ways when you have a person who wants to counter. The other person could be waiting for them to counter and then nothing happens. It's kind of what happened. Or you rush at the person waiting to counter and then they finish you and like drop you. And it's just like, mm-hmm. if I was on the other side too, I'd be sitting back trying to counter. You ain't gonna knock me out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll ride this to a decision <laughs> but it just didn't fall his way good for a son though he's um he's like 40 and he he didn't have the career he was supposed to have he should have been competing for a world title i don't know about winning one but he definitely should have been competing for a world title and that sort of thing but then he ran into tj he ran into other stuff and it just didn't fall his way now did a ever fight for a title or was he just like really close but just lost number one contender fight it's close every single time and then it was like mm. Literally, it was like, all right, I remember the time where um, when TJ lost his title to Dominic Cruz, I think UFC 200 was coming up. Or, yeah, it was, I think it was 200, and TJ fought a Sun Sal, and that was the number one contender fight. Okay. I believe. I might be messing up the UFC. It doesn't matter, though. But they fought <laughs> each other on a pay-per-view card, and TJ just no that was Lineker that was Lineker that he did that too that's my fault but someone but he did fight a Sunsau too and a Sunsau was just done like his number one contender spots just it never happened again mm-hmm. it was just a wrap uh, yeah I think I do remember that fight faintly but it was like six years ago it was a long yeah my memory's <laughs> like killing me with that one right now but TJ definitely did fight him and other people did too all right perfect um Laurel any thoughts on a Sunsau versus Henry I cannot beat that. <laughs> it's good. Good stuff. I like it. All right. Let's move on to Dusko Todorovic. I may be saying that wrong. My bad. It's Todorovic. 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 All right. Uh, he, Todorovic defeated Jordan Wright v. TKO. Um, I didn't see this one coming, honestly. <laughs> All I wrote down was wow in capital letters. <laughs> That's how impressive it was. It was great. A lot of people thought that it was going to end in round one. I, I'm pretty sure the betting line on that it wasn't going to go to the um, distance was like a heavy, heavy favorite. Everybody knew it was not going to the, go into the cards. But yeah. I just I just thought that the first round, Dusko, 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 however you say it, I thought he was going to be more active with his striking. But he, I thought he played it smart with grappling him out tiring him to death and then like pouring it on him because mm-hmm. either way jordan wright's gonna not i'm gonna say you know fuck i'm gonna say what i want to say <laughs> jordan wright's gonna find a way to lose and he's probably gonna find a way to lose by finish so dusko is just like i don't have to play with you this first round we're gonna tire you out because we know you can't grapple like that second yeah. round we're gonna come towards you and then we're gonna see how you deal with it and he had the right game plan it worked and he got off on him <laughs> he he got <laughs> off on it he did what he had to do good for him right <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to plan a game plan, right? To put all the pieces together, but to remember it when you're physically in the the ring is is or the octagon is even more impressive because you're having to think about 
all these moves in a, in a sequence to get to a result. And yeah. it's very, uh, it shows good focus and good training. That's underrated. I've, I've done a lot of sports throughout and I played college athletics. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't think about is like, there are people who you will put a game plan in front of and you're like, you have a week to study. Well, I play lacrosse. So you got 10 people on the field. You probably have to worry about, depending on your position, you probably have to worry about anywhere between six to seven people, maybe nine, depending on how it goes. You have a massive scouting report. You better remember all these tendencies of these people because you might be lined up against them. And some people, they was like me, I was, I was killing. I was like studying. I'm like, oh, I got you. I got you six. I got you six. Do, do that move on me. I'm going to put you on your ass. Mm-hmm. But then you have people who's just like, fuck it. I'm not looking at this. But then you have the people who watch it, study it, and then the game happens and they don't do anything. They just don't know. They, I'm like, oh, my goodness. They just abandoned it. I feel like it's a skill to know what you have to do focus on it not getting and not getting pulled out of what you're trying to do too so i i respect that 110 percent yeah i like that analogy comparing mma to lacrosse there so perfect way i gotta get i gotta get it in there it's it's, it's the creator's game we gotta show salami <laughs> pay some respects to the athletes out there <laughs> true no doubt about that um so our next fight was i'm pretty sure for a lot of fans was a little disappointing uh jonathan martinez defeating cub swanson btk oh he's laughing so no i'm sorry no no i didn't mean to laugh like that i'm just like what did we expect to happen what like what were people really expecting that cub at age 92 was gonna come down in the vision against a new guy who's ready to spill his blood and it was gonna be it was gonna do i don't know i don't know what we were expecting but i i was like cub ain't winning (laughs) Cub ain't winning. It's done. It's over from. If if you're so old that you can't change your lead leg when you're when your original lead leg is getting beat to hell and you don't switch up, dude, just stand there and get it. Like yeah. maybe he needs money or maybe he loves the game. Maybe it's both, but he should have never found his way down to 135. We all know 35 is the king of the divisions right now. You step right. foot in there, anyone unranked or ranked can hand you an L. And that was just foolishness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little... I'm kind of confused as why he like went down. Um, but Laura and I both had predicted that Martinez was going to win that fight because to go down 10 pounds at his age was going to be difficult. And I even realized... Because the same thing kind of happened with Misha Tate. She obviously beat Mary, uh, Renault, but then she runs into Kellen Vieira and Lauren Murphy, who are two of... No, I'm sorry. She went down to fight Lauren Murphy, and yes. Lauren Murphy like, completely dismembered her. You know, I'm a, I like to think of myself as like uh, a women's MMA savant. Let me tell you something, all right? Lauren, Lauren Murphy absolutely took it to Misha Tate, but don't put too much stock into that. Laura Murphy has no business getting the props that she has been getting for all this time. No disrespect to the fan. No, you know what? All the disrespect. Let me tell you something. Misha Tate needs to either go back up to 35 or retire. She has no business coming down to 25 because if you lose to Laura Murphy, that means you're going to get out muscled by people. If she fought Jessica Andrade, what do you think would happen if she would have fought Andrade? If Laura Murphy's controlling you and grappling you on the ground, Andrade's going to throw you on your head and ground and pound you to death. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who's, who's she going to beat at 135? That's the question I always ask before somebody moves up a weight class or down a weight class. Renault is retired and she already beat her. Who is the, I don't know if she could beat Lena Landsberg, but it would at least be close. Yeah. That would be a good fight for her. She's already beaten Sarah McMahon. Um, mm -hmm. They could run that back. No, nah, Sarah would control her on the ground. No, there's not too many routes of victory <laughs> for her at 135. I'm sorry. Not against yeah. ranked fighters. Not against nope. ranked fighters. No, nope. not at all. Well, apparently from what I'm hearing is that Holly Holm wants that rematch with me. Oh, take God. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> she would get that win. She'd get that knockout, too. She would get, mm -hmm. nah, she'd get that 50-45 decision. She'd get that yep. decision. Mm -hmm. But she better not try and get that fight. Well, she needs a win. Holly does need a win because she's slipping, too. Her, her hold over that division is slowly starting to loosen. She used to be able to be any single number one contender no matter what. Now yep. she's losing the number one. It's like... Ketlin's good, but she's not good enough to have beaten you by your, like with your current level of skill. So something's slipping right now. And it might be with age. It might be with something else, but it was just like, dog, you can't lose that type of fight. You can't. That's what, those are the type of fights you're supposed to win. She's the bull. You should have easily been able to style on her. Right. Well, lately everyone has been retiring on a loss. So yep. it is what it is. It's actually funny he, uh, you mentioned Lauren Murphy because we're going to talk a little bit about that later on because of the something that was announced. I think it was yesterday morning. So yeah, we, I think you and I are going to have a field day with this one going back and forth. So, But before we get into that, we do have a lot to cover, um, including our main events, which uh, had Alexa Grasso defeating Viviani. Help me with the last name. Arroyo. Arujo, I think. Arujo. Yep. Arujo. I think. I don't know. I don't know Portuguese. I'm just like going with what feels right. Arujo. <laughs> um, I always try to learn Bruce Buffer's version, but it never works. <laughs> yeah. He's a master. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Laurel, since it's a, since it was the female main event, what did you think of the fight? I'm trying to figure out if I stayed awake for that fight or not. Oh jeez. Oh yeah, it was it was um boring <clears throat> i understand uh the the point of i've never bought i've never boxed five rounds so maybe take it easy but if if it were that slow but more technical i may have appreciated that fight but it just wasn't at times i felt it was sloppy i don't know the ground game was pretty good though I liked that part of it. Uh, both ladies have quite a bit of skill in, in that category. So I just, the, the first and second rounds just kind of set it a little back for me, I think. Set the motion for you? Yeah. I, I think always appreciate technical and skill set though, so. Yeah, they're definitely like elite fighters, but I just think that when you take in all the factors, one, this is both of their first five rounders. So, you know, they're not going to try and dump it. They're going to be like nervous about that Two, It's like their styles. Grasso has a pace and she's able to maintain that pace, whether it's a three or five, she's going to stick with that pace, stick with her output. And she's going to choose her shots. Arujo knows that she will push that output out and tire herself out in round one. 
because she does it all the time. She did it against Talita Bernardo. She did it against everybody. She will dump it and then find herself just without air for about the last 10 minutes of the fight every single time. But this fight, she was like, all right, well, I definitely can't do that. So then her output was in, in hell with how much she was throwing. Maybe first round she threw a little bit, but then it was in hell. And Grasso was just like, all right, cool. I could throw 15, 20 in a round and outstrike you. Okay, now I could throw 25, 30 and outstrike you. So Grasso knew she could just keep the output. I just think it was a bad matchup as far as, like, if we were expecting a really good fight with violence and, like, landed shots or thrown strikes because of their two contrasting styles and it's their yes. first main event. But let let that have been, like, Grasso versus – um. What's her name? That uh, I forget her name. That fought on draws. It got standing triangle. Um, she was also on the card, and she was supposed to fight Marina Rodriguez, but she got Amanda Lemos. Yes, let let it have been Lemos versus either one of them. That would have been a crazy fight. That would have been a crazy fight. Off rip. Let it have been Rodriguez versus Lemos as the main event. Crazy main event too. Like I just feel like that was just the matchup that just ended that way because it was it was going to be like that. I wasn't expecting any knockout. I was not expecting any submissions at all. I was like, this is a decision. But I thought that uh, I thought that Arujo was going to do enough to win three rounds, but I was wrong. Do you think that's the spirit of MMA, that fight? That's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't that's mean it to be. I didn't mean it to be, but I just feel like that, that doesn't fit. <laughs> I just, I just don't feel like that fits in the spirit of what mixed martial arts is. I mean, well, if you say so, <laughs> if you insist, I, would, I just like to see a little bit more aggression. If I wanted to see a really technical boxing, I'd watch boxing yeah. because that's what those men do every day of the week is perfect that's true they're punching that's arusha's getting up there too she's like 35 i had such high hopes for her but mm -hmm. the door is closing fast for her yep. it's closing fast unless yep. she wants to keep fighting at 40 like uh renault was is doing but i just don't i don't think she well she's brazilian brazilians fight forever probably yeah they, yeah. they fight forever oh yeah <clears throat> and russians too brazilians and russians will fight until they're like 48 like they don't yep. fedor still taking fights facts yep they pick wars and shit man they're, <laughs> they're built for it bastards. they're bastards <laughs> <laughs> kidding <clears throat> okay all right, so that covers UFC Vegas 62. Um, I think we were still, we washed again, Laurel, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. You did. We did 39-32 for you, and I'm at 40-31. Okay. Oh, yeah, we got to let Kairos know of our bet that's going on right now. Well, we made a bet that at the end of the UFC season now, because it's been almost, it's been a year, that... Uh, Whoever has the most wins between Ty and I, the loser gets to wear an I Love Conor McGregor t-shirt designed by the winner. Yeah. And don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> don't lose that one. Mm -mm. 
we both have such strong feelings towards Conor McGregor, as I'm pretty sure a lot of MMA fans do. I'm not sure I'm a Conor fan, fanboy or fangirl, whatever it is, then mm. possibly. Listen, I, I don't know if you noticed, know but I'm a natural born hater. I thrive on it. <laughs> I thrive on it. I thrive on the negativity. So I just congrats to Connor for his accomplishments and what he's done, but he has done irreparable damage to MMA. He's yeah. brought in a, a massive fan base that aren't even MMA fans. They're his fans. He's brought in a group of people. You know what? Well, we don't even got to go down that. For, fuck his no, fans. No, no, no. Go down, go down that road. Let's go down this road. <laughs> All I'm saying is that because of Connor, we have to deal with the entertainment era, not just in media, uh-huh. but in fighting. We got people uh-huh. who want to hop into media who don't have any sort of skill set or ability whatsoever. And then they come in with, I'm trying to play a character. I'm trying to be that, but I'm trying to do it. It's like, bro, how about you actually develop something, have an actual process and workload that you can actually put together instead of just like they're so fixated on the wrong things and then you see what happens in the product that they put out we see these people on mma twitter who want to be media members so badly and they can't even work a camera you see these people they don't even they just started watching MMA in 2019 whatever mcgregor era and then they use their entire knowledge base just on that time and they don't actively go back or they're hardly watching stuff. Like, it's just, it's foolishness. And it's not just people who are on them. I can't stand the schmo. I can't stand the schmo at all. And it's because he represents people who are so cowardly and fearful of being themselves because in their mind, they think that they are not enough to succeed at the level that they want to compete at and like do stuff at. It's like, bro, you really, in your mind, thought that I'm not enough to achieve the reach that I want with the masses that I want. So I have to become someone in my own mind that I think can accomplish that. That's pathetic. That's corny. That's whack. And there's a whole bunch of other people following those footsteps because they see that he was able to achieve some semblance of relevance because of it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. It is embarrassing. And he took full advantage. Well, let me rewind. Dana White started offering almost all fights for free during the pandemic. So people had a really decent level of exposure to a lot of great athletes running, running the gamut of all those weight classes. And Connor grasped onto that and used it for his own faith and fortune. And those people that are, were newly entering into this world just went off the maps. Yeah, and you, I want to I want to dive even deeper into this, but I'm just not going to fire shots at people who just you know what they're going to get what they got coming to them. They're corny, they're whack, they're gimmicks. They build their entire these are the no forget these people. These are, they're irrelevant. <laughs> Good for them. Good for their success. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, the funniest thing about this whole entertainment mixing in with mixed martial arts is now that we're seeing these like celebrities that probably don't know an ounce about MMA getting to interview all these fighters, like the Addison Ray situation. I'm like, what is this? Like, when did this become such a huge celebrity booming type of situation? Like, why are we not having actual media members who know their shit? 
and just completely like we're just going to put them aside just because oh like you're you're going to get hundreds thousands millions of followings on whatever social media it is we're going to take advantage of that and have you interview fighters like get out of here with that i'm willing to i'm willing to hop off off my high horse for her just because it's like her following is just so vast that like that can compensate for her deficits like I'm pretty sure I don't no no I think they were they were drilling her the first time that she came on I think last year mm-hmm. and she was just like I have a total of one day experience with media blah 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 da, 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 da. but I was like with the research she has fine whatever but what I don't like is we have people in our sport who call themselves fans who have no skill set and ability and then when they talk to it sounds like they don't even know what they're talking about I swear on everything. The schmo at this at the media day for um, Leon versus no, a conference. Leon versus Usman. Which Rocky character are you? Like, whoa! Why are you asking this question? This is a we we got time, very very minimal time allotted, and this is the bullshit you want to ask during this press conference, dog. Anything else you could ask, and you ask that stupid shit, and then you got other people asking dumb shit too. Like it's like, bro, the people in our sport who claim to be fans are doing this at all levels. It's just like. At a certain point, plant your flag in the ground and actually develop something, whether it's your knowledge of the sport, whether it's your ability to put out stuff, high quality, whether it's whatever, develop it other than a character that you're trying to portray to people that you're clearly not. Mm-hmm. Just, just stop it. Mm-hmm. Just, just stop it. You know, no, just fuck, quit, retire, just <laughs> give it up. This isn't for you. Yeah. You're not good. You already knew you weren't good enough. That's why you can, you created this character. Just quit. Give up. <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Like, glued oh, to man. our cameras listening and watching. <laughs> oh, man. That gets me mad. That gets me mad. Yeah. Um, so now we careen. Well, I shouldn't say careen away. We have moved our way on to UFC 280. Now for pay-per-views, we usually try to look for a fighter or a fight that's usually not on the main card. But, I mean, if there's nothing that tickles your fancy, we'll go with the main card. So we'll start with, excuse me, Kairos. Is there a UFC 280 fighter fighting on the prelims, or is there a fight that you're keeping your eye on? Yeah, let me put it up. I'm a visual person. (laughs) I cannot not have it in front of me. All right, so, I mean, I think everyone's going to probably talk about Muhammad Mokayev. So I'll just move on from that because we already know. I think um, Zubair and Lucas Almeida is a good fight. And why? Because there were high hopes for Zubair. But every single time we think that he's gaining ground, he has a setback. He fought Hakeem Dowdu, got decision, and he ran away the entire time because he thought he had the lead. And (laughs) he didn't have the lead, and he was losing because of it. Um, So it's just like Lucas is a very winnable fight for him. We, although he finished his last opponent and he, it was a come from, yeah, he finished his last opponent and it was a TKO in the third round, but it was a come from behind win. And he was getting shinned. He was getting shinned badly, but whether the storm got it. Luke, um, Zubaira can win this fight. He can grapple him to death, hopefully, and that'll get him back on the right course. But if he does lose this fight, it's a wrap. No more of this Zubaira's top 10. No more of this top eight talk. Zubaira is a novelty. He's all hype. He ain't as good as y'all act like he is. Just because he jumped in the cage and punched Connor in the back of head doesn't mean he could fight. He could only win on fair fights. That's what I took from that. Like, well, congratulations. You can't win sanctioned bouts, but you can beat tomato cans and defenseless individuals. 
Right. Right. <laughs> I totally forgot he was the one that did jump the cage. And yup, everyone forgets that he, that man jumped the cage and and sucker punched a fighter. You're a professional fighter, sucker punching people after they just fought. <laughs> like, <Right>. What? <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> Do you have a fighter, fighter, Laurel? Oof. Oh, let's see. You know, I was having a little bit of trouble deciding whether or not Petrosian versus Dobson or Nermaga Madoff versus Omar Gadaev. So I was, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but um, I, you know, I'm just such a big fangirl of Habib that I, I think what I'm looking forward to is the Walter Light weight bout and Nirmaga made off to, I want him to win that fight. I like, I like to watch him. So we'll see. Not bad. <clears throat> um, it's funny that you didn't pick that fight because that's actually the fight that I'm keeping an eye on the Armin Petrosian and AJ Dobson fight. Um, both are coming off losses in the recent outing. Um, I find Petrosian one of the more interesting light heavyweights, if that's for anything. Um, well, he's kind of middleweight now. Oh, is it middleweight now? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's middleweight. Okay, okay. Yeah. So rewind that back. Um, <laughs> and so Dobson um, is coming off a loss in his UFC debut. Um, yeah. And I went, I bet, went back and looked at his fight um, and look at his stats all together. Like, this is a man that's known for his striking, but he got outlanded nearly three to one in his debut. Like, how are you going to be known for your striking if you're going to be outstruck by that wide of a margin? Um, So I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of Dobson to really gain any traction on how his progress in the UFC will be. Um, But I think the winner of this fight um, could very well be on their way. The loser going to take a pretty hefty step back especially with both of them coming off the losses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. history has shown us people with the last name dobson don't do too well in the ufc That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean if unless you're jo- john dobson but then that doesn't count that's true. dodson that's dodson oh, that's dodson, dodson. dodson that's dodson that don't okay. count all right magic man does not count he can't save me all right you got me there Oh, yeah, because the B in the, yep, Dodson. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought, boom, boom, boom. Like, yep, nope, it is Dodson. All right, so, yeah, the, you are right. The ones that are last name Dodson do not do very well in the UFC. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they, no, they don't. I think, no, she has one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Her versus Agapova. Agapova I think Agapova was like minus 735. And she was like plus uh, 600 plus. She's on the all-time top 15 list for biggest upsets in uh, UFC history. So good mm-hmm. for Dobson. But then after that, it was just like, you are who we thought you were. Right. Uh, all right. So I guess now we can move into our main pick, main card picks for UFC 280. Um, I'm going to let Laurel cover the this first fight, but I'm going to let you know, Kairos, we might have some interesting conflicting moments mm. between this fight so laurel caitlin jugagian versus man and go uh this is going to be a really good fight um both ladies are good um on the ground and 
uh, boxing. They're very well-rounded. <clears throat> Fierro's uh, last fight was with um, Jennifer Maya. But that's probably the biggest name that she has fought. So uh, Chagakian can be a lot for anybody to handle, especially at a first fight. Um, she has, as we all know, a long list of, of fights against top contenders in that flyweight division and has done very well, knows um, the, the pressure of the octagon. And I, even though she is an underdog, I am actually picking her to win this one. And actually, I'm kind of surprised by these odds. You know, you know what? Yeah, Kyle has a big grin on his face. So you know what? Go. I'm, I'm not surprised by these odds. She deserves the disrespect. And here's why she deserves the disrespect. Because at almost every single fight that she's had in the past three years, I'd say three years, she's had a decisive reach advantage over them. And then on top of having a decisive reach advantage over people, then she fights conservatively where she's constantly backpedaling, just boop, 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 I'm probing you. You can't get to me because you can't cut off the cage and you don't have a good enough reach or aggression or willingness to absorb damage to deliver it. And the one per the one time she fought someone who actually was like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to march through these weak-ass punches. She got finished by Jessica Andrade. Manon has the power. She has the arsenal. She has the mobility. She has close enough reach to cut off this cage, hit her with some heavy shots. I don't know if she can deter her from her game, but her game isn't going to be as clean this fight as she's usually used to. Manon's going to get up in her face. She's going to force the issue and let Caitlin try and get keep it technical. Let her keep. She's going to be bathed in her own blood. I don't know if it's going to be a finish. I don't know if it's going to be. You know what? I don't think you can knock out Caitlin Chigayian like that. I don't think Manon has power like that. But I do think that Manon can win a decision. I think she can. She can twenty nine twenty eight her. I think 29-28 is a fair, fair thing for her. I should say 30-27, but I'll be respectful. I'll keep respectful for her sake. You just used the <laughs> same argument for Grosso versus Arugio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See how things all come together? It all comes together. Using the same argument for everything. But I think Manon has Manon has a higher output than Arusho though. 150 million. Like Manon can throw 70 in a round and she'll be all right. Manon can throw. I, I'm not gonna say she could throw 100 in a round because that takes a different effort. But she can throw 70 in a round, and then the next round she could drop 60, 50. It won't be a significant drop off. And then the third she could ramp it back up. Like her output's good enough. And she carries the power for 15. So that's why I'm like, I like her chances in this. Caitlin, her, she could throw 100% into every single strike and she throws 50, it's not going to do enough damage to Manon. Her, she just doesn't have power to deter her off like that. All she has is a barely minimal reach. And that's it going for her this fight. Let Manon tie her up in the clinch. I don't think she's going to be stronger than her in the clinch. And I definitely don't think her power is strong enough to keep Manon off. I got, she gets no respect from me in this one. She has respect <laughs> for me as a fighter. Not in this fight, you don't. Manon coming for her. Oh. <clears throat> oh, so two things before I give my portion of it. Um, very confusing at how this fight got booked, got canceled, and then booked again. <laughs> yeah. And then it got, because it was supposed to happen at um, 
So this happened on Fight Night card, and then Jugegan had said like she never really accepted it, and then Andrade took over. Then Andrade had to back up, and Caitlyn's like, "Oh, you know what? I'm just gonna go and step right in." Like, yeah, I'm not sure about that. And then on top of that, it gets moved from I think it was supposed to be like a September fight card on September, and then it gets moved all the way to Abu Dhabi. And like, there's just been so many changes with this with this fight alone. I'm like, uh excuse me like is this fight gonna happen but it looks like now we're finally getting it to happen we'll see it's still thursday <laughs> yeah yeah we could, we could have a we could have a 279 mishap for all we know um for me um and this is tried and true i'm pretty much for every mma fan there are three certainties in life death taxes and jugagian by decision um will she get it this one i'm actually uh, honestly as a jugagian fan i'm not too sure um but it's definitely i think this fight is gonna help clear the air a little bit in in the women's flyweight division because granted valentina hasn't fought in since june and she's looking for some competition um manon could be it if she can I think if Manone can get a very decisive decision, or I mean, if she is able to knock Jagagian out, then what's to say that Manon Ferro doesn't get that title shot? Um, but I feel like there's a lot to be a lot of fighters ahead of her, but then beating the number one contender, or I'm sorry, ranked the ranked number one fighter, because I know a lot of people are going to come for me. It's like, Jugagian, the number one contender. Are you serious? Like, she has the number one on her name for a reason, and she has cleared out almost every single person that's not named Valentina Shevchenko, yeah. and um, and that's reason why that she has shown why she is one of the best in the division. She may not get the finish, um, but for some reason she finds the skill set to beat anyone in that division. Does she do against Faro? It can go either way, but I'm going to go with my three certainties in life, death, taxes, and Jugagian by decision, and so I'm going with Jugagian by decision. Okay. Well, I guess I'm the lone one out on this one. That's fine. I'll carry this cross by myself on my back. I'm I'm good picking men on. I'm good picking men on. I think that's a good pick. I think it's a great pick that's going to lose. Okay. we'll, We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll reconvene after this. Yes, please do. <laughs> All right. So our next fight is Benil Daryush versus, help me help me with this first name because this is really difficult. Gamro. I know Gamro is his last name, but I can't pronounce his first name for a while. Oh, I missed that. But... Ma... Matus? Matosh, Matush. Matush. Yeah, that sounds right. Matush. Um, so... With that being said, since Laurel covered the ladies' fight, Kairos, as our guest, start us off with Daryush versus Gamrot. This one, I thought I was so confident going in. I was like, Benil. I was like, Benil. Mm-hmm. It's a wrap. I was like, Benil's a bully. You got it. But I just, I can't underestimate the fact. I rewatched the Sharukian versus uh, Gamrot fight, and Gamrot people said that he didn't do enough to win, but he did enough to be in the conversation. Like it wasn't a dom. He wasn't dominating. He did enough to at least be in the conversation of winning. I think 
were mm-hmm. underestimated. I think I'm underestimating his strength, but I'm still picking against him. Why? Because I'm thinking about Benil has ability across the board that's well-rounded. He can strike with you. He has power with it too. He can kickbox with you. He can box with you. And the clinch, he can do well. Grappling exchanges, he can control you. I think he has too many ways to win as opposed to, I think, Gamrock only got one route to victory because he ain't out striking Benil. He is not out striking Benil. And he can get a little bit shinny too. And on top of that, I think his striking is a little bit ew for him to have the ranking that he has for a fighter that, that's ranked in the world, top 10, I, I think that his striking is a little bit suspect, but that's not here and there. So I'm picking, I'm picking Benil. I'm going to say, I don't know, maybe he can finish. No, nah, he won't. He probably won't finish him. Nah, fuck it. Benil knockout, knockout <laughs> round two, striking. He shuts down the grappling. They strike it out. Benil might TK him and knock him out. Fuck it. Fuck it. We ball. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, I think it's yeah, definitely one of the more even fights on the card in terms of the of the tape. And I, I said striking, but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe not so much. Um, it'll be very. In- I think it'll be interesting to see how both men do, especially if the fight goes to the ground. Um, Gamrot. I don't have a whole lot familiar with him on the grounds, but Daryush. There have been. I remember his fight with um. Ferguson and how he was able to take him down constantly and able to keep the pressure going. So I think that could be Daryush's perhaps his biggest strength. My only concern with Daryush is that he hasn't fought in since that Tony Ferguson fight. And that was over a year ago. And so when fighters, it's been like a year plus, like you kind of wonder about the ring rust, like, are they able to keep it going? Like, have they been consistently training? Um, Which I'm fairly certain it has, but you got to get those like, I'm much of a fan of fighters at least fighting three times a year. So at least they stay fresh Uh, given if there's injury, if there's injury, then perfectly understand why you're out for six, nine months, close to a year. Um, To me, this will be Gamrot's biggest test to date, in my opinion. Um, (coughs) And I thought that was Kairos. I was like laughing a little bit and I didn't like, look. like, Oh, Laurel's just coughing. Never mind. Um, I'm so sorry. That snuck up. <laughs> no worries. Um, so I initially had Gamrot be a decision, but I'm going to reverse it. I'm going to say Benil Daryush wins this one just because I what I said was kind of conflicting to what I said, but because of how tough the challenge is going to be for Gamrot, especially after seeing his last fight, which you mentioned, Kairos, he does. There was a lot shown that he can do well but it left a lot to be desired and so i'm going to switch from gamrot and i'm going to go binil daryush i had originally picked daryush too and the only thing that i can add to that is that his his resume is legit and as you i always think as you as you move through even a jujitsu tournament, you know, you're, you're counting off, you're conquering one person above you at a time. And I feel like that is really what Dariush has done with his career. And it's, I think it's been good planning and it's gotten where he is today. I think, um, I think it's overlooked to the way, like for him to, for him to out grapple 
uh, CDF is impressed. Like, I think CDF is probably the best grappler in the – well, obviously not anymore with Islam in the division. But I think CDF is, like, top three, one of the better grapplers in the division. He was able to outgrapple him in a 15-minute fight. So I hold that in very high regard. Like, as good as we want to talk about how Gamrot's grappling is compared to Saruki, and it's like, he still outgrappled CDF didn't get submitted by one of the most highly decorated BJJ guys in the division. And like, so even with your best route to victory being grappling for Gamma, it's like, you still might get out grappled. So that's why I'm just like, I can't, I can't, def- I can't invest in you. I really can't. Not this fight. Another fight I probably would pick. He's just not this one. It's too mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but if he does though, it's over for Benil. If, if Benil loses this one, it's a fucking wrap. It's done. Like no title, no more title hopes, no more talk about being top three top. Okay. It's done. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. old. He's old. He's fought everybody. Yeah, like, that's, that's true. what I'm saying. Like, who else <laughs> they gonna match you up with? Who else they yeah. who else? Nobody's trying to run it back after you beat. No, it's done mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And the people you do gotta fight to get back into that position will beat you. All right, you gotta fight Dustin. You ain't beating Dustin. Oh, you gotta fight Gaethje. You ain't beating Gaethje. Oh, you gotta fight Charles or the Islam loser. You ain't beating them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying it's done. It's <laughs> true. That's very true. So wait, Laurel, who did you pick again? I picked Daryush. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. We're all three in agreement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So our next fight, I'm fairly certain we might all be on the same page. Uh, Peter <laughs> Yan versus Sean O'Malley. Yan, 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 Yan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'm glad this fight's happening. I love this guy. I hope he just annihilates O'Malley. It's just I what it represents. He, I just feel like he's a freaking clown and he's not really fought a lot. I'm disrespectful. <laughs> it's true. He doesn't fight a lot and then he's dunking on people he should be dunking yeah, like. He's like, yeah. fucking dude. <laughs> when I see Sean. I literally see when I see Sean O'Malley, I think Paige Van Zant, Sage Northcutt. That is literally what I think when I see them. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, a person who's so popular that they equate your popularity to actual fighting ability. That is exactly what I see them. That's exactly what he represents, and that's exactly who he is. Now he has to fight someone who's gonna punch. He already did fight someone who could punch back twice. One to Pedro, one to Cheeto, lost to Cheeto, was gonna lose to Pedro. Doesn't matter. Now he's fighting Yan, he's about to drop another one and people are going to finally realize, oh, I guess just because he has tattoos in the hair, that doesn't necessarily mean he can fight. I guess when he actually has to fight, like finally people are going to be rational about this shit because I'm sick. It makes no sense how a fighter like Sean is that popular. But then you look at someone and you can say, oh, well, his performances are phenomenal against the people that he fought. Look at a guy like Joaquin Buckley. He had the knockout everyone saw. Every single fight, it's either he's finishing you or you're getting finished. I'm sorry. It's either he's finishing you or he's getting finished. Every single time, it's kill or be killed. And more times than not, he, Joaquin's finishing people in the first two. You're going to tell me a fighter like that deserves less clout than Sean? Sean has like 3.2 million followers on IG. Buckley has 130K. 130K for the guy with the knockout of the year, knocking out everybody, ranked fighter, fighting everybody. You're going to tell me that makes sense? That don't make no fucking sense whatsoever. That don't make no fucking sense whatsoever. Or you compare him to here, Jessica Andrade, guaranteed first ballot Hall of Famer. 
done more than enough in her career and lifetime alone that can offset the achievements of 98% of the UFC roster. Look at her following compared to Sean O'Malley. That's what gets me tight. I'm like, bro, it's about time you get your face rearranged. It's about time the fandom starts getting rid of the fuckery and start rewarding people who can actually fight, not just because they got some stupid hair, hang out with a registered sex offender and gets 6'9 tattooed on them. Cut it out, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> oh i don't know if i can top i don't know if i can top that i'm gonna try to um no i i know for a fact i'm not gonna top that out um um, i thought it was a joke when this fight was announced honestly (laughs) (laughs) i seriously thought it was like i was like when they said peter yon versus sean about like yeah, that's probably like some kind of satire thing like and when then when the ufc announced i'm like oh this is for real like this is really happening uh oh okay sure why not um Sean O'Malley going up against the former UFC Bantamweight tie uh champion um that's a huge jump for him honestly and I don't it's a jump he's not ready for I'm gonna be honest with you he may be the taller fighter he may be the more lankier fighter but there's no way like if you look at his resume compa- compared to Peter Yon's resume, like there's no comparison. Peter Yon's going to win 10 out of 10 times. Um, he's going to, I, what I would love to see is Peter Yon just slowly break him down that first round, make him start doubting himself. And then that second round just come in and boom, just knock him out to the point where he is staring up into the arena that is the Etihad arena and like, where am I? Where am I? Um, and especially if Peter Yon's able to get to the ground, if this goes to the ground, if Yon's able to take it to the ground in the first round, I give it about a minute, minute and a half before it's already over. And so I'm actually going to pick Peter Yon to win this fight, obviously. I'm pretty sure everyone is going to pick Peter Yon too. I'm going to go, I'm going to give Sean one round just to let. Peter Yon like play with his food for a little bit before he just flat lines him like that. So second round KO for Peter Yon. I was also going to go with Peter Yon. And I think that one of the main reasons I'm thinking about it, it and if you want to leave the personal hatred of, of O'Malley out, but um, when, when O'Malley fights, Sometimes for me, he's very unstructured, especially when he throws strikes. And Peter Yan, as we all know, is a magnificent uh, striker. I think he's like number 15 or 16. And I just think it's going to be a, a beating for Sean O'Malley with Peter Yan. Um, I don't, yeah. That's it. Win by TKO. That's what I'm picking. Hmm. I don't think O'Malley will be able to hang with that. Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine, like, if a finish did happen, like, what in my mind, like, how would it go? Because personally, I was just like, even with, he has, like, he goes to a pretty good grappling camp, but I just could never see him submitting Piotr. And then I think about it, I'm like, but I don't really think that Piotr is just going to ice ice knock him out or, like, wear him down with strikes. I think Sean is mobile enough 
and like scared enough to avoid damage if he has to to, to not get finished. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, if Piotr is gonna finish him, maybe mm-hmm. he drops him and then like catches him on the ground like that, or maybe he drops him and finishes him with ground and pound. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even I then, thought- I just no, you can go. No, I don't think it's going to be a submission on any level. I think Sean O'Malley is just really long and lanky. And I think that causes problems when you're, mm-hmm. when you're a shorter grappler. So I don't see that, that happening. I think the, um, like a takedown and a ground and pound is a, a really good option for him. If I'd like to just see him knocked out. Me too. Me too. I'm hoping <laughs> for, I just like, that's why I'm like, uh, I want to see him get blasted in round one, just absolutely ice. So his fans have nothing to, well, he was looking good. He was getting it. Nah, it didn't happen. He didn't even land his strike. He got fucking knocked out. It's done. Well, I, that's probably not realistic. So like, realistically, I'm like, all right, probably 30, 26. No, in case he drops, in case Yan drops that first round or starts slow, it might be 29. Realistically, it could be a 29, 28 or a 29, 27. Because if Yan decides he wants to play around, in that first round, he might lose a round to Sean. Like mathematically, he might lose a round to him. So, but yeah, I, I think decision. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my decision idea. Okay. Decision. Yeah, I don't want it to be though. <laughs> I don't want it to be at all. I don't want it to be. Not at all. <laughs> well, now that I think about it, it could go ground and pound because if you're getting out box, but you can grapple, that's your yeah. second, your go-to. And mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense for sure. <laughs> all right. So we have now come up to the co-main event, which over the past couple of days is like, who, who's picking who? Because you've got the known cheater and... <laughs> Someone <laughs> and um, someone who's been in the news quite a bit lately because of his social media presence, in a sense. I'm trying not to get too much into it because I'm like, I'm still confused by the whole thing. Like, I, I know who he hung out with and what his tweets were, but I'm like, like, I don't, I'm like, I was thoroughly confused. Like, so I was confused to the point where I'm disappointed. I'm like, what is going on here? But apparently it triggered a lot of people of what Alderman Sterling had said on Twitter. I think it was what, Sunday afternoon or something like that? Yeah, it was, it was about that time. I didn't see it. Um, um, who, who, who wants to tell her? No, I'll just stand with myself. Thank you. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should I be scared? I mean, it's what you would expect from Al Jermaine. Like, I, I, yeah. I've been following him. For, not following. I've been seeing his tweets on my timeline for, like, years now. I was like, that's right on brand with something that he would think. Like, just look at the people he trains with in the gym that he's at. It's like, all right, this is expected. Like, Yeah, he's. This is expected of you. Uh, he probably deleted it. He probably deleted yeah, it. Maybe I'm not far enough down. Oh, if you have to go that far, no, nah, I think he probably deleted it. If you no, 20 it. hours ago. Yes, yeah, I think it, like a few days ago, like okay. six, uh, four days ago, something like that. Um, I'm gonna try to see if I can. While Laurel is looking this up, I'm gonna try to like filter this, filter that part of out. 
Um, the main part of this that this is for the UFC Bantamweight champion championship, excuse me. Sterling is the defending champion after securing his first two victories over Peter Yan, one via disqualification and then one via split decision. So take with that as you will. Um, <laughs> Dillshaw is a former Bantamweight champion. He's going to aim to try to be the, I, would this be the first time if he's, if he were to win this fight, would this be the first time someone has won it in three separate occasions? The Bantamweight belt? Yes. I would say in, like, gen- in, in, in general, um, Kane and JDS switched it, but it wasn't three. Uh, who got it? Three. I think yeah, this will be the first three. Okay. Yeah. All right. That. Um. Um. But it's like Dolshaw never lost the title. He got stripped of it because you know, now he lost he, the title. Yeah, he like he got stripped no, of it. No, I mean, he, no, no, he lost to Dominic Cruz. That's what I'm saying. He lost to oh, Dominic Cruz. Oh, uh, I mean, like the second time around, he. Oh, yeah. He didn't lose the title, but he got stripped of it. So technically, you kind of relinquished the title. Like he willingly relinquished the title because he knew this was coming up. Like so, he knew he did something bad. So take with that as you will. Um, I think Dilso has the advantage when it comes to striking, but Sterling has the grappling ability to get things going, especially because he likes to backpack a lot of. Like we saw in the Peter Yawn fight, he like backpack. Uh, people quite a bit he backpacked Corey Sanhagen um I really feel like this fight could go anywhere is one of those ones I was like really deciding between um but you have to think about it as I was ever since uh Dillashaw came back from his two-year suspension like his fight with Corey Sanhagen like he easily could have lost that fight without question at least in my opinion he easily could have lost that fight um and he's getting up there in age like he's on the wrong side of 30 um he doesn't have a whole lot left in him well he he may have some it left in him obviously with the Corey Sanhagen fight but I think I just think I don't think Dillashaw is the fighter that can beat Sterling at this point if we were talking about TJ Dillashaw like from his first reign even maybe his second reign then yeah, I would say Dolshaw is a shot, but I just think, I, I just don't, I, I can see Dolshaw like catching Sterling and knocking him out, but I think Sterling's going to play it smart and like do the wrestling and all and everything. And I think that's where the biggest advantage is. I think this one could potentially be a split decision. So this is going to be another one of those, like is Sterling really one of the best band and weight fighters in the world if it goes to a split decision? Um, but who knows? Um, but with all that said, um, and looking at everything, it was really hard for me to pick, but I am slightly going to go, and hopefully MMA Twitter doesn't attack me for this, but I'm going to go Aljamain Sterling here, and I'm actually going to go with the split decision. Yeah. yeah. This is a hard one for me. I think it's going to be maybe a little bit of a slugfest because TJ Dillashaw just has a tendency to, to go all in a lot of times, which is one of the reasons that you know, I maybe used to like him. But um, at the same time, I'm a big fan of Aljamain Sterling and his, his skill set. 
I pick him every time to win and I will continue to do so because he's, I love his uh, aggressiveness. He's very uh, active and, and technical in his skill set. And just that uh, long, lanky body, I think is very, if you were going to pick a type in, in the weight class, I think I would see him as that, that style. Kind of like the way I feel about Izzy. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm changing my stance because I, I had a, I had a, I put out a video for MMA dive and I picked Al Jermaine and I, and I listed for all the reasons you said, I was like, TJ skills have been deteriorating. He didn't look as good in the Sanhagen fight. But then when I say that enough in my head and I'm replaying it back, I'm like, okay, well, he tore his knee in the first round against Sanhagen and he did enough in those next four rounds for it to be close enough for him to get the win. Mm -hmm. And then I'm thinking to myself, he had, all those years off due to um, the PED suspension to heal all the other injuries. Like he had, he was able to get his shoulder fixed. He was able to get a few other things fixed while he was dealing with it too. So I'm like, okay, so his body's on point. He's been reasonably active, although he had to come off the knee injury after beating Sanhagen. I'm like, what's Aljamain's route to victory? Grappling? He's going to grapple the guy who has some of the best anti-grappling? Like who takes TJ down? Cruz mm -hmm. took him down for two seconds, could not hold him down. Other people have tried to take him down. They don't have that much success. They're too busy getting clinked. And when they finally are able to close the distance and try and grapple, it doesn't go too well for them. So I'm like, okay, so if that's off the table for Alex Man, because we all know he's not like the most proficient with getting takedowns. He wears you down by volume of the takedown, similar to how Habib does it. Like he's not 100% takedown accuracy either. So I'm like, okay, he has to wear TJ down through a five-round fight. He's going to get someone tired who doesn't get tired in five-round fights by his takedowns. Mm -hmm. Then he also has to set up his takedowns with his striking. Does he have the striking to get TJ worried enough to forget about his takedowns? TJ Dillasar? Hell no. TJ Dillasar got some of the best striking in the UFC, not just in the Bantamweight division. That boy, EPO Dillashaw, non-EPO Dillashaw, all the areas of Dillashaw can strike. He can strike his ass off. So that's why I'm sitting here like, I got to pick TJ. I'm going to pick TJ, and he might knock him out. He, when Aljamain gets tired, and if he starts trying to take rounds off or he's trying to, like, get his win back, if TJ pours on him, which he's done a lot throughout his career where he sees the tear gas, similar to how Max took, took out Aldo, it wasn't just because of his power. He just saw that there was a discrepancy in win, and he preyed upon it. I could see TJ finishing him. I could see him finishing him with a knockout, with a TK, whatever it is, I could see that 110% because TJ has the power too, and he has the cardio too, and he has the instincts to do. I'm, I'm going TJ, Thriller Shaw, Dilla Shaw, the snake, the cheater. He might he might come out with that belt. <laughs> I can see it. Or I might just be smoking crack right now. <laughs> I might be out of my mind. <laughs> this man TJ might get hit with a hook and just crumble and it's over. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Well, if you, if you think about their skill sets, you know, if you look at their grappling stats, there's not a significant difference there, but I do pay attention to the fact that when you look at those significant strikes and the number, the volume of knockdowns he has 
versus what he lands permitted he's he's got good odds to to knock sterling out i just don't know if he can get past sterling's reach to be able to do it yeah i think like after because i'm not going to sit here and act like Aljamain Sterling has bad cardio he has great cardio he has great five round cardio too but there's always like a lull in the fight where like if if the grappling doesn't go his way, he's put so much on the output. He's like, okay, I need to catch my second win. So then he starts like taking a little bit of a slower pace to try and get his win back. And then he'll push again. I think during those lulls, it's a, it's the danger zone for him. It's the danger zone for him. If TJ, TJ definitely has seen that because Dwayne Ludwig is a great, people don't talk about Dwayne Ludwig enough. Like he's a good coach, bomb ass coach. If they start sinking their teeth in in those lull periods, that's trouble. That's trouble. He was fortunate enough when he was fighting Yan. The Yan was just all comfortable with his output of throwing two strikes a minute. And so Al Jermaine didn't have to really worry about getting knocked out. If TJ comes out there and is like, nah, fuck it. We kickboxing for 25 minutes and I'm going to push you. He's going to be in some trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could happen. <clears throat> That's kind of why it's one of those, like, it could really go either way. Like, we could see knockout either side, decision either side. But actually, I'm not really sure submission's going to happen either side because I don't see Dillashaw being yeah. one of those that gets submitted very often. Actually, I don't think he ever has been submitted, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. At least in the UFC, he might have maybe... Um, I mean, even no. then, I don't think so. No. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's like one that gets submitted very easily. Uh, although, there's also a chance like, he's one of those that more like stands up and like he's never like really, and if it goes to the ground, he's never in any real danger from at least the fights that I've seen of his. So, yeah, yeah he's only grappled heavy against Lineker. That was it. He only grappled heavy Lineker because it's Lineker, and that, and other than that, he wasn't. Yeah, right. All right, now we get into the main event: um, Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev for the. <laughs> I've been saying all week, like. This is for the vacant lightweight championship belt, even though Oliveira is parading around thinking, say, saying he is real champion, which props to him. He, he definitely is because he beat um, he beat Gaethje. The only reason he didn't get the belt is because the scale beat him. He's the champ. Just know that. He's the champ. You'd better not say his name in vain. He's the champ. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I get it. I get it. He's not the champ, but he's still like, look at, look at who he's beaten in that division right now. Yep. His last three. No, I'm sorry. Three of his last four are hall of famers. Mm-hmm. Three of his last four. And if Michael Chandler would have been in the UFC a lot sooner, he definitely would be a hall of famer, but he's, his career is too short. So they're probably not going to do that for him, but Compared to his, granted, okay, no. to be fair, it's hard for Islam to get fights. People understand yep. his style is very difficult. And then when he gets a fight and a fighter pulls out, it's hard to get a person to fight Islam on short notice because we saw what happened when Bobby and Dan did it. They got rolled. So that's not his fault why his strength of schedule isn't there. But because Charles' strength of schedule is strong, I feel like it's justifiably, it's accurate to say that he's the champion of that division. Mm-hmm. Because he beat everybody else who was going to be champion or had the propensity to be champion anyway. So that's why I'm just like, shit, he's the champ. He's the same as how even though John Jones doesn't have the light heavyweight belt, he's still the champ in my head of that division. 
yeah. whether he wins in heavyweight or whether he doesn't fight there, he comes back. He's still a champ in light heavyweight. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was trying to think. Um, Rikindu, yeah, has been. Uh, it's see, this is like so difficult because you think about their fighting styles. You have Charles Oliveira who can strike and potentially knock you out. And if you take him to like, I feel like Oliveira is also one of those fighters that kind of starts a little slow. So I mean, we see we saw it with the Michael Chandler fight. We saw it with the um, Dustin Poirier fight. Like both those men, arguably probably won their won that first round. But then once once Oliveira gets going, like it's it's kind of like the whole um, the whole meme that goes, "I'm gonna end this man's whole career," basically. Um, so it's just like it, and it kind of makes me wonder, like, why other than the Gaethje fight, which he won in the first round, I'm not sure what had happened, but I'm kind of curious as to why it takes Oliveira so long to like get things going. Um, but it could be just filling out his opponent. I mean, Dustin Poirier was doing pretty well up until Oliveira realized, oh wait, I can grapple this guy because he doesn't have good submission defense, and he took advantage of that, backpacked him up to the point where he sunk in the rear naked choke was done almost gets knocked out by michael chandler um just first out of nowhere just throws that punch and michael chandler's like where'd this come from and starts reeling back and he gets tko'd out of nowhere for islam makachev yeah i agree with you i was thinking about that that he has a long winning streak but his resume is not that strong but you also have to figure like he's been booked against fighters but for some reason the fights have backed out and he's had to fight someone on short notice that either is unranked or like really far down there. I think that Makachev's only win against a fighter that had a bit of going for him was Dan Hooker. And he was able to submit him just like that. And I think it was that fight against Dan Hooker. Where I'm like, okay, this guy has the potential to become a champion. Granted, this might have been a time where Dan Hooker has been on the downward, not not so much the downward spiral, but nah, say it, down say the, it. the downward yeah. trajectory. Say it. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He yeah, might he, be washed. Dan is probably <laughs> washed at this point. Right. Okay, so I'll say he's on, he fought a downward trajectory Dan Hooker, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so that was like his at least name-wise, that was his best one. Um, of course, he had Bob, well, Bobby Green is mm, far on short notice, and he's like eh, down there. He he was like he's like not even ranked, but he's like one of the more known names, but definitely not not a Dan Hooker or a. He just got cut. I just I saw that. I was he got really, cut. <laughs> I was really surprised about that. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, he failed a USADA test. He's already 30-something. So oh, they were yeah. probably like, you leave, you get to fight some more. Because the suspension we're going to hand you is probably going to be a year, probably two okay. years. So they probably did him a favor. Right. I had forgotten that he got <laughs> suspended. Because he was originally supposed to fight, I think, at, what, 279? And then they found out that he had yeah. – was it 278? But then he got say. flagged for that. Um, but – I mean, even though Makachev's resume isn't that strong, you ha- you have to kind of respect his ability to 
he may not be like the strongest striker from my knowledge, but when he gets on the ground, man, when you're on the ground, it's just like, you might as well just wave the white flag right now. But I know Charles Oliveira is not going to be the one that's going to be worried about waving that white flag because he's also got a ground game of his own. Um, yeah, honestly, with all that said, I think what's going to make the difference is how long these two men are going to end up standing up. Because if Oliveira can keep it on the feet, I think it's going to be done rather quickly. If it's the grounds, there's going to be a lot of back and forth in that one. With everything that I said, a very long-winded looking at resumes and everything that I've just said, I got to go do Bronx. I'm going to do Bronx. And I think he's going to, I think Makachev is going to be surprised a little bit when they go to the ground, like, oh, wait, like I might've made a mistake. And I think it's going to be like some kind of TKO that involves the ground in some, some form or some way. Either that or he's going to be surprised and Oliveira is going to throw a strike similar to what Michael Chandler suffered. And he's just going to like fall down, try to get out of it. But then Oliveira is just going to come all around and just hit him again and hit him again until the point's like, yep, nope, not doing this. So I want to say TKO Charles Oliveira. I said fifth round. It might be earlier than that, depending on how tired these guys are. You want me to get real? This I'm a I'm gonna talk my shit. I'm gonna get some people mad with this one. You know what? This in my mind, this is how this fight plays out to me. All right, Islam gets lasered to death. There's this weapon in Halo called the Spartan Laser. It's a long range weapon that charges up this red beam, and you, when you see it on you, you better run. You better run for cover because once he charges up, it eviscerates everything in its path. And that's how I see Charles. Charles is lant, waiting, charging up his big strike on soft chin Makachev, and once it reaches full capacity, he's just going to laser him, and he's going to be down. Because we've seen it's not the end-all, be-all when Islam gets you down. Tiago Moises was able to survive for as long as he was able to survive. He created scrambles. He was able to he was able to do fine. Armin Sarukian, scrambles on scrambles, able to survive, able to do what he had to do. So we've seen when he gets you down, it's not hot lava like it's his big brother, Habib. It's not hot lava like all these other people that we want to compare him to and say he's better than. And he's doing it against, like we said, lower caliber competition where they're able to survive so that's why i'm sitting here like eh, and it's not forget i'm not we're gonna move off of habib he's not habib we don't have to do that but all i'm saying is this charles has weapons that islam does not have defenses for on the feet islam is a walking talking heavy bag who just happens to have really great control and takedown capability that we've seen thus far against the quality of opponents that he's faced Charles, that man is a destroyer. And yes, he's not the fastest starter, but he's not a slow starter either. He's going against really fast starters. We look at Dustin. Dustin isn't the fastest starter in the division, but he he damn sure is a fast starter. Gaethje, fast starter. Tony, he gets into his groove, momentum-based, probably comes around towards the end of the first round, into the second round. Not your fastest starter, but not a slow starter either. Like, these people, Michael Chandler, crazy fast starter. Insanely fast starter. He comes out there throwing bombs immediately. Like he's going against fast starters and he's trying to get into his realm. So now it looks like he's a slow starter, but it's like, nah, I think he's an average start guy. I think he's an average start guy, if not on the like medium to medium slower side. But I don't think he's a slow starter like Piotr Yam. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, bro, I see Charles finding his offense early, 
getting probes off on Islam to force a lazy or desperate shot. Once he gets some ass out on the ground, he's going to say, get the fuck up. <laughs> then Islam has to get up again and try and set up the takedown again. He gets laser. I don't know when it's happening. I don't know how it's happening. But best believe the laser's coming. The Spartan laser's charging up and is about to eviscerate Islam and his winning streak in front of millions. It's done. It's over. That's just what I think, though. You know, that's just what I think. You know, that's, that's the talk of the town, at least. You know. I don't know about your real opinion, but... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I am thinking about this fight a little bit differently, but yet the same, I guess. Um, <laughs> we, from the ground standpoint, right, we know that it's fairly even, so to speak there, except that I always feel like Makachov does a really good job um, with with his ground and pound so that might be the, a difference maker in this fight i do think that makachov's going to try to get it on the ground uh right away the one thing about makachov is if you look at you know and this is comparable to comparative to who he's fought but he has you know he might not be the greatest of strikers but in the stand-up, he's a great defender. Yes. So I'm, I'm wondering how, if, if, um, if Makachev can get Poirier to the ground and, you know, ground and pound, continuous takedown, that might be his, his key to victory. And we all know, you know, his mindset and his, his grappling abilities could could very well win him this fight and I'm actually um picking Makachop for that reason okay Ooh. uh oh we're going head to head right now <laughs> we're going head to head right now that's crazy I thought we were cool that's that's I thought we were cool after hearing that all right let's see where we stand now all right all right I'm just curious about if it goes over three rounds because none of these dudes fight four round five round fights they've been scheduled for them they don't go that distance so i'm like we might be we might see a drastic drop off in both their capabilities if it goes to that point that we haven't seen before or maybe they're fine maybe they're both able to go with that five round output but i'm just saying from what i've seen with the, the time that charles has been given in these five round fights his output no nah, he took kevin lee to the fourth round i think didn't he or was that the third round I think it's the fourth round. Yeah, so he's Charles has been in championship rounds. I'm pretty sure that fight went fourth round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was still throwing very high volume. He was using a lot, he was using jumping switch kicks. He was using jumping kicks. Charles can push for four or five rounds. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking Charles. Charles is gonna laser that boy. It's a it's a, I'm not scared anymore. Charles got him. Charles got it. I'm, yo, yo, I'm not, but Charles, Charles, finish. Third round, second round, whatever round. If you're still around, it's done. Uh, Charles Oliveira beat Kevin Lee by third round submission. I was close enough. <laughs> we still on Charles. Charles yeah. for the win. 
Yes. Dubronx gets. I'll mark you down. I'll mark you down. <laughs> Just a heads up, my phone is on ten percent right now, and my charger is nowhere in sight. Oh, <laughs> so if I go, oh. that's where I went. <laughs> All right, then. Let's quickly get through this UFC news then real quick. Um, let's just rapid fire. First one is fighters no longer able to wager on fights in the promotion. Thoughts go. Good. Every other sport does that. <laughs> Why is that? He's like, yes. The fact that James Cross said he's making money off that and he trains close to 100 plus fighters, huge conflict of interest. You know he's betting for and against people. Like, okay. come on. Don't let these people do this. <laughs> Laurel. <laughs> um... What was the question? Uh, fighters are no longer able to wager on fights in their promotion. Oh, well, that was, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're all ingredients. <laughs> Perfect. All right, now, Kairos, the one that I wanted to get to with, Lauren Murphy, Jessica Andrade for 283. My question is, can Jessica Andrade stay in one division? But this is, to me, this is a very interesting matchup because the last time both these ladies lost were to Valentina Shevchenko. Murphy, like we talked about, can wrestle and do all this. And Jessica Andrade has that slam on your head kind of thing. What are your thoughts on this fight being booked? Can she stay in one division? No, because she's already fought so many people at straw weight. And then on top of that, not everybody wants to fight her. So she has no choice at this point, and she's chasing titles. So, like, whatever. But as far as it being a competitive fight, no. Andrade beats the living piss out of her. Makes her look like she doesn't even belong in it. Because it's Jessica Andrade. It's, no, I was disrespecting Laura Murphy earlier, but that's just because I'm a hater. Jessica Andrade is a phenomenal fighter. She's one of my favorite. She's my top five favorite fighters of all time. Mm -hmm. Not right now. Not, not of all time. I love watching her fight. So, um, yeah. Laura Murphy, dig your grave, tell your family, get your affairs in order because it's going down. <laughs> Laurel? <laughs> I think it's going to be a great fight. I'm excited to see it. Both uh, ladies are uh, warriors. Um, and I think that's how I usually describe them when we speak of them individually throughout different different fights and you know, Lauren Murphy, maybe she, maybe she doesn't win this, but she is a gal that gets in the ring and gives it a hundred percent of whatever she has. And I respect her for that. She's been around the block a time or two. And I, I don't, you know, I don't anticipate her winning just because Jessica Andrade is another level, but it, I bet it'll be a good fight. All right. All right, next one, Usman wants Edwards in London. Um, do you think Usman gets that? There's a lot of talks they're saying that they're looking to build that uh, book, that trilogy fight, mm. possibly in London in March. I don't know. I don't know what they would do. I really don't. It doesn't affect me any way, shape, or form. I do like, I, it has no bearing on me. Like, cool if they get it done in London. That's cool. But it'd be sad, sad night for Leon to lose in front of all those people, which he's going to do. He's going to lose that fight. But um, yeah. that'd be cool, though. It'd be good for the UK to have that fight there. They probably are trying to do that. Because mm -hmm. the UFC hasn't been to London, have they? Yeah, they have. No, yeah. yeah, they um, just, I think it was in July, June or July. Um, I can't remember who the main event was. But yeah, they just went to London. They actually have been to London twice. 
That was because the whole Patty Pimlet, Molly McCann oh, hype thing. Oh God. So it's, it's two times. Yeah. So it was recent where they went their first two times. Okay. Cause I know Bellator is always putting it up in, in London like that, but I just was like, the UFC doesn't really do that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. And they're probably going to push for having it there. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. Co-main event. Co-main event. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, the last fight that actually was just announced uh, a couple hours ago, um, Robert Whitaker announced it. He's fighting Paulo Costa at UFC 284 in Peruth, Australia. What are our thoughts on that fight? He's fighting Humper. <laughs> yeah, he's fighting Humper. <laughs> Humper needs to lose. Thank you in advance. <laughs> Sweet baby MMA Jesus. <laughs> oh Mm. I'm gonna show my bias right now. My oh mind, obviously, Rob, my mind's like obviously Robert Whitaker styles on him. Mm-hmm. But my heart, my soul, my spirit demands a Lord Costa victory. I said oh, I was like, Lord, Lord Costa's never again. And you know yes. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on on everything. Costa ain't losing. Lord Costa's gonna get it done on Robert Whitaker and shock the world. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, I'm like, I told you Lord ain't gonna lose again. Costa, <laughs> knockout. Nah, he don't knock people out. Costa, unanimous. <laughs> he doesn't have power. He doesn't have the power that people swear he has. He does not. His power, his knockouts are by accumulation and exhaustion on the other person's side. Like he's not one touch. He's never one touched anybody. Right. Never. But re- keep it a buck with you, Robert Whitaker's winning. Like yeah. he's going to win. Yeah. The same thing. Um, all right. So our last thing. Hopefully before your 10% disappears, um, we want to kind of know how you got into MMA and some of what you do for, because you're obviously a huge part of MMA Twitter and you've had this massive following. How did you get started into covering MMA? I wouldn't even say I cover. Um, I've been watching MMA for a while. I, watch, I started watching like, towards the end of the strike force era middle to like late wec no i'd say middle wec into strike force because they got strike force first in the wc yeah so i was around that time so it's been a, it's been a minute but so i was watching that but also knew i was going to go to college and do media because i love video editing i loved um cinematography i love post-production i loved all that so i was like okay i'm just going to combine two things i really like and boom that's how i got into creating stuff and i i was on I've been on Twitter for a minute. This is like my second account because they're hating. They're hating on the old. That old one was too powerful. That old account, I was getting away with a lot. But um, so I got into content creation my uh, senior year or junior year of college. And that was 2017, 16 type of thing. And so that's when I started producing stuff on inmate Twitter. And I was like, okay, people like the different styles. I was like, and it's just me being me. It's just me putting out stuff. But um, I quickly found out, like, at that time, I was like, there's not a lot of money in MMA, even though the standards and the boundaries for getting into job opportunities are pretty low because we are a new sport. So I was like, I'm just going to use my skills to do this because I enjoy it, but then I'm going to make sure I make money outside of it. Like, right now, I have, like, I have five jobs, essentially, and all of them around production. Like, I I shoot depositions, I I record sports, and I um, do other stuff like that. I just do a whole bunch of social media management, production, all that stuff. And none of it has to do with MMA. The only thing I get paid for for MMA related is me um, when I work for Haymakers, when I when I do the stuff for MMA Dive and that's it. If I'm not getting paid, don't contact me. Like that's straight up. 
They'll always hit you in your DMs. Oh, you're so great at this. Yo, you're so da, da, da. It's like, can we, you do this for me? Absolutely. What's, what rate are you looking for? Oh, well, da, da. oh, well, I guess the conversation's over. I'm good enough to, I'm good enough for you to tell me how great I am, but I'm not good enough for you to compensate me for that. You're out of your goddamn mind. You know why you came talking to me. Your favorite people, your favorite people who you watch come to my DMs asking me how to do stuff. Your favorite people come into my DMs asking me to do stuff for them. Come on now. I'm not doing it for free. Come on now. Shouldn't have to do it for free. No. Like the, the fact that you would even ask me reflects exactly what you want in what's your product you're putting out. So if you don't respect your product enough to pay for me, that's right. on you. That's a you problem. That ain't a me problem. <laughs> and I don't get, and to be fair, to be fair, I don't charge the rates that I charge in the real world with my experience and my degree and all this experience that I charge people on MMA. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not, I think people's heads would fucking if they knew but that's not but that, that's my point though it's like i'm not gonna kill you with the rate because i understand there's not a lot of money in mma that's the whole thing but the fact you want it for free is asinine because that ain't gonna ever happen i ain't gonna work free for nobody Mm-mm. only the lord the lord's the only person i work for free for that's it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh all right um anything else we need to cover laurel no i don't think so Awesome. Well, Kairos, we want to thank you so much for taking the time. <laughs> yes. Oh, the time out to come on to the FKTC podcast and chat some MMA with us. Like it's been quite a pleasure getting to talk to you and seeing your animated and your spirited self in action. Thank you. I apologize for being late again. That was that was on I was uncalled for. <laughs> it was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. Yeah, very nice to speak with you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Greatly appreciated. If we can, let's definitely do it again. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Yes. Um, but before you do go, why don't you tell our wonderful listeners where they can find you if they enjoyed what they've listened from you? Yes, um, you can catch me on Twitter, IG, TikTok, all under the moniker, and YouTube under the Cairo Summer May moniker. And then I'm doing stuff that's longer format for MMA Dive. I'm probably, I'm in talks to do something else. I'm not going to really talk about until it's actually signed. But like, there's other ways you're going to see me through other people soon. And I'm excited about like, it. the takeover is finally here. All that whack shit that y'all been watching from these other people who don't know what they're doing. They can't hang with me. The stuff I'm putting out is going to be crazy. Stuff that you ain't never seen before by a professional using 6K resolution cameras, 300 watt lights, LED panels, backdrops, voice over. We're doing it all in 2022 and 2023. Just hold on. Hold on. New Kairos MMA soundtrack coming soon, too. (laughs) I've never even seen 6K before. It's all right. It's, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, right. Uh, all right. So with that said, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, anything along those lines, you can reach us at our podcast page at a FKTC pod or reach us individually, given it is safe for work. And we do monitor that. You can reach Laurel at Rain Basin. And you can reach me at Ty, 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 at Ty Fly Guy 15. But in the meantime, protect your faces from Laurel's kicks 
and protect your necks from my throat cuddles. And was our number one golden rule, Laurel? Never leave the decision in the hands of the judges. Yep. And on that note, we will see you all next week. Bye.